بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد ما بعد استدلت one of the most famous incidents and most famous and most uh, important incidents in the Sira is the incident of Hudaybiyah, the Sula Hudaybiyah, the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. For those of you who are not familiar with it, first of all, study the Sira. There should be no Muslim who is not familiar with these things in the Sira. But until you get there, Rasulullah in a dream, he saw himself making Tawaf of the Kaaba which is Umrah, with the Muslims. We know that the dream of the Nabi وسلم, and the Anbiya والسلام, is Wahi in Allah Ta'ala. So Rasulullah took this as an instruction of Allah, which is what it was, that he should go for Umrah. So he announced publicly, he said, I have been instructed to go for Umrah, I am going for Umrah, and anyone who is interested can come with me. So, obviously, people were very happy. They had not been, especially the Muhajirin had not been to Makkah, which was their hometown, for, from the time they came to Medina. So, totally 1400 people went with Rasulullah Now, it's a long and very interesting story. I won't go into all of that. But 1400 people went. Their intention was to make Umrah. They were not going to fight any wars, any battles. It was, they were not armed except for their personal weapons. Other than that, there, there was no battle planning. There was none of that. To the extent that Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattar also went with them, he got very, very concerned. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, we are going with this intention, but we have enemies. They don't know this. If we get attacked, what happens? So, please allow us to take heavier weapons and armor and stuff like that. Nabi did not accept that for a day, almost two days. Then he agreed. So they sent for all that. And he said on condition that those animals which are carrying the weapons and all these things must stay away from us. They must not be part of our group. And that's how it happened. They, they came at the back. This group was going forward. They had... Uh, they had a haram, they had uh, sacrifice, sacrificial animals with them and so on. Now, as I told you, long story, we won't go into all that. But they eventually stopped at a place called Hudaybiyah, which was literally within a stone's throw of Makkah. Rasulullah's camel, Khaswa, just stopped there, refused to go forward. And... Uh, so again, this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This was the you know order of Allah. His camel refused to go forward. People said she has become Khaswa has become rebellious. And she is, you know, so Nabi said, This is not, it is not in her nature to rebel. And she is guided by Allah. Here Mamura. He said that she is under the guidance of Allah. So he said, Leave her alone. So the camel stopped there. He also stopped. And they all camped in a place of Hudaybiyah. Now, then negotiations happened. 
between the Quraysh and Nabi Sallallahu he sent messengers including Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan anhu, to say that he, we have come only to make Umrah, we have not no intention of anything else, please allow us to come and make Umrah and go back to Medina. Now, it was the age-old practice of Makkah. Age-old meaning for literally centuries, not just, you know, not just uh, years or something. It was the age-old practice of Makkah that nobody would be stopped from coming to the Haram. No matter who it is, if they want to come to the Haram, we don't stop them because this is the, this is Baitullah. Anybody. This was not anybody. This was Muhammad bin Abdullah bin Abdul Muttalib. This was the man. This was the actual descendant of the one who had the key of the Kaaba, which is Abdul Muttalib. Right? We have the story of Abraha and so on, so on. Who had the key of the Kaaba? Abdul Muttalib. So this is the grandson of the man. This is from Banu Hashim. He, they know him. He is the best of their best. He is the closest relative to their leader, the man who discovered Zamzam. Abdul Muttalib. Yet, they did not allow him to go. So they went against the most important custom of the Arabs. They broke that custom. They said, no, you cannot come. Meanwhile, there was a rumor that said an Osman bin Affan of the Lanu who had gone there, he did not come back. They, somebody said he has been assassinated, he has been killed. He had not been killed, he had been given, uh, given protection and so on. He was okay, but they didn't know that. So Rasulullah took baya from all the Sahaba who came there under a tree in the camp of his own relatives who were the Banu Najjar from Madina. And this is called Baitur Ridwan. And they all gave baya. And for Usman bin Affan, Rasulullah he took his hand, his left hand like this, and he said, this is the hand of Usman in my hand. And he made baya. So says Usman anhu was uh, doubly honored that his bayah was done by the Rasul himself. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed Quran on this. Then came Suhail bin Amr, the negotiator from Quraysh. After they had sent some more before that, but finally Suhail bin Amr. And Suhail bin Amr, later on he became Muslim, uh, and he became a very critical Muslim at a very critical time. So we'll talk about that later. But anyway, he came and the Sulah was written. So when the, when the treaty was being written, at that time they were negotiating the treaty and the treaty was very one-sided. It was a very unfair treaty, very one-sided treaty. It looked like a very humiliating treaty because the Muslims were agreeing to everything, but the Quraysh were not agreeing to anything, including... The, the thing that really hit the Muslims and hurt them was the clause in the treaty to say that if one of the Quraysh or if one of the non-Muslims from Makkah becomes Muslim and comes to Rasulullah to Medina, he should be returned. Whereas the opposite, if one of the Muslims left Islam and went over to the Quraysh to Makkah, they will not be returned. So it was a very... You know, it was humiliating. It was, uh, it was not a good treaty. Um, and then they, so Sayyidina Amr and again, imagine this is something which 
we know in the history that it was Sayyidina Umar who actually vocalized and, and said this. But from my study of the Sira, I can tell you that this is, he was not the only one with this thought in his mind, believe me. He came to Rasulullah and he said, Ya Rasulullah, are you not the Rasul of Allah? Nabi said, yes, I am the Rasul of Allah. He said, are we not right? Are we not correct? Are we not on the haq? And these people are on battle? Is it not true? Nabi said, yes, that is true. We are on the haq and they are on battle. He said, then why are we agreeing to this treaty? Let us fight. Let Allah decide in, in battle what happens to us. Rasulullah said, I am doing what I have been directed by my Rabb to do. That's it. Sayyidina Umar was not satisfied with that. He went to Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq and he said, is he not the Rasul of Allah? Sayyidina Abu Bakr said, of course he is the Rasul of Allah. He said, are we not on the haq? Are these people not on battle? Abu Bakr Siddiq said, yes, we are on haq. Then why is he agreeing to this? Abu Bakr Siddiq said, he said, stop talking. He said, stop asking this question, stop talking. He said, hold the stirrup of Rasulullah and he will guide you to the right path. He said, he is doing what he has been directed by his Rabb. And his Rabb will not abandon him. His Rabb will not leave him alone. He said, you stop talking. So Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab got onto his horse and he rode away. He left the place. Right? Treaty was signed. After the treaty was signed, and again, hold the, what was written, how it was written, in whose name, all this. I mean, the beautiful story, inshallah, we'll talk. But right now, I want to come to the point of this thing. So, the treaty was signed. As soon as the treaty was signed, Rasulullah said to the Sahaba, Shave your heads, sacrifice the animals, and we are not going to make Umrah this year. We will come back next year for Umrah as per the treaty. And for the first time, the Sahaba did not move. They were all sitting. Nabi was also sitting. So he said, shave your heads, sacrifice the animals. They did not move. They did not say they will not do it. They did not refuse, but they also did not do it. They did not move. Now, you see the hikmah and the rahmah of the Nabi he did not repeat the instruction. He did not repeat the order. Right? He just got up and went into his tent. Now, in his tent was our mother, Umm Salma She saw him and she saw his face and she knew that he was upset. So she said, Ya Rasulullah, what happened? Why are you looking like this? He said, my ummah is destroying itself. She said, Ya Rasulullah, what happened? Tell me the story. He said, I gave them an order and they have not obeyed. Now, directly disobeying an order of the Nabi is kufr. It's kufr. You are murtad. You are out of Islam. You died. You go to Jannah. She said, Ya Rasulullah, they are not disobeying you. She said, this is very hard on them. What has happened is very, very hard on them. They are not disobeying you. She said, you go outside. You go out there and you shave your head and you sacrifice your animals and inshallah they will follow. Right? And this is the advice of his wife. And she's telling him, do this. 
Now again, just think about that. Now. He, he didn't say, why should I obey you? Who is getting wahi, me or you? No. He turned around and he went out. He went out. He called Sayyidina Ali, radiallahu He said, bring the animals, the, his camels. He sacrificed. He told Sayyidina Ali to shave his head. And the Sahaba, all of them stood up. All of them shaved their heads. Many of them were weeping. Not because of weeping with sadness. They came all this way and they cannot make Umrah. So they're weeping with sadness, weeping with, with, with the frustration maybe. Wallah alam. Right? All this happened. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, Inna fatahana laka fatham mubina. Surah Al-Fatah, Allah revealed, first ayat is, Verily we have given you a manifest, clear victory. Now that is the point of my khatra here. I narrated the story for those of you who don't know the story so that you, it makes sense to you. The point of my khatra is, what was the victory? Because they came there to make Umrah. They could not make Umrah. They signed a treaty which was one-sided, which signed a treaty which was humiliating. Allah is saying, I gave you a victory. What victory? The victory was the victory of obedience to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The Sahaba came there with an intention. Their intention was a good intention to make ibadah, to make umrah. Right? The niyah was the niyat of making umrah. This deen is a deen of ubudiyah. The Islam is a Muslim is one who submits, who obeys. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making a point here. When you say ubudiyah, ibadah, why is sajda haram to anyone other than Allah? Because sajda is a symbol of ibadah. Right? Symbol of ubudiyah is sujood. And that is, that is jayas to only to Allah. So ibadah itself is a sign of ubudiyah. So umrah is ibadah which is a sign of ubudiyah. But in this place Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, not doing the ibadah is ubudiyah. The Nabi said, you will not do Umrah, you will go home, obeying the Nabi, not doing the ibadah is ubudiyah. See the essence of this, see, see the, the, the beauty of this, how. Now, for us today, when we say obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we have whatever, you know, may Allah uh, forgive us, whatever tazad we have, whatever, you know, difficulty we have, or dichotomy we have or struggle we have between our desires and obedience to Allah. Our desires are all of a nature which is either haram or makru or something, right? What is it generally? What is the desire? The desire is something which is in any case is prohibited in Islam. With the Sahaba, what was their desire? Their desire was to make Umrah. They didn't desire something haram. They desired something which was the best of the best, which is the ibadah and that also Tawaf of the Kaaba. What, what is better than that? Yet Allah is saying, Obedience means do what the Nabi tells you to do. Even if he is telling you, do not do the ibadah. To obey the Nabi is superior to the ibadah. And Allah said, we have given you a manifest victory. That victory was what? And Allah, again, Allah is saying, this is not because of you. Allah gave it. Inna fatahna lak. Allah has given you this. <coughs> manifest victory. What was the victory? 
the victory over the self, the victory where the Sahaba proved that they were worthy followers of the leader Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And of course, as we know, the treaty was for 10 years, but in two years, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them Makkah. Allah said, you don't have to come and hiding and ask permission and this and that. It is yours. Allah opened the door of Makkah for them and said, go, take it. It is yours. Huh? Following, following year, they came and made Umrah as per the treaty. Next year, Fatah Makkah. So the point I want to make for myself and you is that today this is what we should focus on and say today we are looking at all the difficulties, difficulties here, difficulties there, difficulties in Palestine and, and so on and China and whatnot. Everything, everything, everything boils down to obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla. Make that one thing straight and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open all the doors. Right? That is where we have to work on. And for us, it's very clear. For us, we don't have to have the struggle of, you know, between or this other. Clear. Leave what Allah has told us to leave. Khala, finished. Leave all haram earnings. Leave all haram actions. Leave all everything which Allah has prohibited. Leave it. Because what Allah prohibited is for our good. Not, it doesn't make any difference to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Become obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 100%. I remind myself when you, this is what we must do. This is what we need to do. Become obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you raise your hands. This is the wada of Allah. Ask me, I will give you. Raise your hands, Allah will grant you before your hands that come down. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us obedient. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our obedience. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to do that which pleases Him. And to save us from that which does not please him.